Big Fluff. James. What? I think I better get over here. Take a look at this. What is it, Carl? Just take a look. What the hell is this, Carl? It's a dead human being, James. Yeah? What's he doing on our route? Oh, look at here. Looks like somebody threw away a perfectly good white boy. Hey, everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And it's Revenge of the Guests month, and we are continuing uh, with letting former guests come back on the show to get revenge on us for making them watch a maligned movie where they get to pick the maligned movie we watch. And our guest this week is Joe Dunn. Welcome back, Joe. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm so excited. So uh, to refresh our listeners, we had Joe on a little over a year ago, I guess. Right. It was like last year. I don't know. I don't even time is meaningless. I think you started that so confidently that I thought you had it looked up. And then <laughs> I think it was a I year ago. Just slowly petered out. Yeah. It was, it was when we did, recently, uh, wasn't it? I, I it was, was 2021. No, it was. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was this. It was uh, during Snyder Month when it was, the yeah. uh, Justice League Snyder. So, cut yeah, it was out. whenever the the Snyder cut came out. Because yeah, we we had you. You did Batman versus Superman, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was BBS. the only one that agreed to do it, right? Yes. <laughs> DOJ. Yeah. 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 We tried. We we really tried, and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and when when Affleck fell through, we were like, <laughs> friendships were ended over us asking people to watch that movie. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But we have Joe back. And uh, Joe, do you want to tell the listeners what we watched for this week for you to exact your revenge upon us? We watched the 1990 Emilio Estevez directed and written and starring movie Men at Work. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. which If I can give a quick aside, uh, when I reached out to Joe and I was asking what he wanted to do so we could watch it, you there were two movies that you mentioned and it would delighted me to no end that the other possibility you were like, yeah, I want to do one of these two movies. And the other one was John Carter. And I got to be like, we did that. Like we already. <laughs> yeah, we already did John Carter. I see, I went through I, I've listened to a bunch of your episodes, but I went through just to make sure. And I must have just skipped right over it because I was well, like, I think it was, class, everyone hates John Carter. And I love John Carter. So no, I, was I like, do like it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think it was good. like the fifth movie that we did because we started it, with yeah. a Star Wars month and then we went right into a sci fi month. We did. Well, we did failed franchise launches. Oh, that's what it was. Failed oh, okay. franchises. But it was like, yeah, I because that would that being on Disney Plus, I remember I had that experience with with and I probably said this in the episode, but I saw that movie in the theater and I liked it. And then I was like, oh, wait, everyone hates this. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was like one of the first times that happened on Twitter where like I was like, this is so fun because I had the same yeah. experience. And, and, and everyone was like, no, you're wrong. This yes. Is not fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. It's, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, so yeah, no, uh, <laughs> John Carter is an excellent choice, but no, it's a, I still think probably ranks as one of the movies we've enjoyed the most for this podcast. Oh, easily, it is easily in the top of. Uh, so I'm sorry that you didn't get to be <laughs> on that. <laughs> That's okay. Honestly, I, I was like, they're going to pick John Carter. They're not going to pick Men at Work. I kind of tossed Men at Work in as sort of a, this nostalgic favorite. Um, but then when you said, I, I guess we'll watch Men at Work, I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I started, <laughs> I started to doubt myself. I was like, 
do people even remember this movie? Like what's, how does that work? Should I have picked something like more obvious? And then I started to think about other movies I could have picked, but we were committed and I made you guys watch it. So it's weird. Like I have vivid memories of this movie existing, but I'm pretty sure I never saw it until I watched it. I, yeah, I would say the same because I, I think if you had asked me before watching it for this show, I would have been like, yeah, I saw that because I, I had such a vivid image of the two of them like driving a garbage truck and, and having yeah. banter but i'm like i think i just saw the trailer i don't think i ever saw because watching or this movie i was like this is not i was or not just ready remember for- it perpetually being on the blockbuster shelf yeah yeah i mean it's got that iconic uh, poster of them sort of leaning against doing like the sexy pose on the the garbage truck (laughs) yeah i think that's it it's just like it seeped into all of our brains but yeah i don't think i had ever seen it so yeah it's a it is a wild ride so i hope if people are listening who haven't seen it who are now listening to this are are ready for for this journey because i don't think that i fully was ready for the plot which joe do you want to take a crack at this at explaining I, I guess I like will, the log line. Of, I think of it's important to say that this came out like peak Estevez and Sheen era. This is like when Sheen was doing or when he'd moved on from the Sears films to like Major League, which was like his biggest box office. And Estevez, like I think this took place in between the two Young Guns movies. So like they were both like huge at the time. And I think that's part of the reason where I like was drawn to it. Like because I was, you know, like 10 or, 10 or 11 years old and like they were the cool guys, you know, mm-hmm. but as far as plot goes, <laughs> they are two garbage men surfers <laughs> <laughs> that get wrapped up in a toxic waste conspiracy. They find a body and they think they know who did it. And they think they're, they're maybe somehow accidentally involved. So they're, that's why they don't immediately report it to the police. Um, and Keith David is there. <laughs> yeah. And he steals everything. He's, he's the best. Yeah, Keith David has stolen every scene that he's ever been in, I think. So that's accurate. I, that's fair. I fear <laughs> that they live is too well liked to ever do on this show, but I, I hope that someday we do it because oh, they live is for sure too well liked. But I yeah. might just want to say, you know, what, screw it. We're talking about they live this week. Yeah. Can you do a reverse week where you, you do like the best films of all time? Or we'll like bribe you a year from now when we do the Revenge <laughs> of the Guest again to be like, you. I don't know, Joe picked it. So we, we have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I do think it's worth because that was, by the way, an excellent summary of the movie. But I think there, it's worth zeroing in on a few things from this yeah, that you mentioned. Yeah, because one is the reason that they think they're involved is because Charlie Sheen is it in bro like he he's doing a rear window-esque creepy watch of all of his neighbors but particularly this one attractive neighbor of his where he watches them through binoculars and he sees her having an argument with this guy besides a city councilman running for mayor important point yeah he's a city councilman he sees them arguing uh and decide and thinks that he's being like an abusive boyfriend and he has a pellet gun and he's going to teach the guy a lesson by shooting him in the butt with the pellet gun. And he does. And then five seconds after that happens, the guy is murdered. So. Right. But they don't find the body until the next day. And they think, could he have died from being shot with a pellet gun? Yeah. And they, they don't see it because they shoot him and then are ducking down to hide so that he doesn't spot them. So they miss all of the. <laughs> he's strangled. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then suddenly some comic relief bike cops roll up. Yes. And they're forced into a situation where they have to pretend that he's alive. And 
There's a little uh, weekend at Bernie's. Little, yeah, I was say, moment. A little weekend at Bernie's. Vibe. That's what's great about it. There's there's some there's a little rear window. There's a little weekend at Bernie's. There's something for everybody. Well, and <laughs> I, I also I got to give this movie credit because I looked up when it came out and then verified again when Point Break came out. It beat Point Break to the Nixon mask. You know? Oh, uh, hmm, yeah, it was it was a full <laughs> year ahead of uh, Point Break on. They put a Nixon mask on the dead so guy. So we see you, Catherine Bigelow. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Bigelow, who clearly, I think if you watch Point Break, you can tell it was very influenced by this. Yes. So. Huge Estevez fan. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, let's let's pause a minute and talk about uh, the Sheen Estevez. Yes. Yeah. Um, so. It's a weird thing, like when you see them separately. They you don't like think they look alike, but then when you see them next to each other, like, oh, my God, of course, they're brothers. Right. And then listening to that audio clip, I wasn't sure who was talking when. Well, no. And I had that watching it because and I'm sorry to tell you this, Joe, but there were maybe one or two times where I looked away from the screen for a minute. And that's OK. Uh, How dare it's you? I to stare at perfection yeah. for too long without, the, you know, I got to look away. Well, for was, a second. I was wiping like the tears. The I was wiping the tears of joyous from my eyes. So sometimes I would miss exactly. But yeah, if you weren't looking and you heard them speak, yeah, that you would not always be. Yeah, their voices sound way more similar than I would have thought they did you know if you asked me but i also i feel like that was some of the the appeal of this movie if i remember correctly and i was a kid so i probably don't but i feel like it became known around this time because they were both such big stars that it's like they're brothers they have different names with their brothers and then this was like and now we're yeah. gonna see them on screen together like that was part of the appeal i think that was i think that sounds right Oddly yeah. enough, though, I don't think they play brothers in the film. No, they don't. No, no they have different last names. Well, they have different last names, I was going to say, in the film, but that they could be brothers and one of them has a stage name that the, his dad uses. So Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is my stage garbage man name. <laughs> they're my also, by the way, they're garbage, garbage men. Pseudonym. Yeah, they're garbage men who want to open a surf shop, which, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't pay off <laughs> in the end of the no, movie. Yeah, there's no, like, in the, because it all takes place in one or just two yeah. days, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, there's no like flash forward to 30 days later where they finally get that seed money to get the. Yeah. Yeah. James it literally. It, yeah, it <laughs> ends with like everybody involved just doing the like comical, like, ha, 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 that was crazy kind of. The, like, the end of uh, every 80s like superhero action cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You almost expect Keith David to have just said, you son of a bitch, like right before. <laughs> <laughs> That's one used up white boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're teasing, but every line he says in this movie is, is wonderful. Like, it, no, I get to be clear. The man's fries. Yeah. No, to be clear, he is much. the star of this film. <laughs> like from the second he shows up, every word that he said, there's also, we should talk about too. He breaks the fourth wall at one point, which was very bizarre. Like he just yeah. looks into camp because he's already established when the cops show up. Which is actually maybe worth mentioning, too. So we've established why Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen see this body and they don't want to call the cops. But Keith David, who meets them that day, who doesn't know them and has no reason to protect them, just immediately is like, no, we're not calling the cops because I don't I hate cops. And then right. later on, security guard shows up and he looks into the camera and says, I hate security guards, too. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I hate rent a cops. Oh, yeah. I hate rent a cops. He's looking at us as he says it, which is in the film's defense. This is in the third act where it is well established that this man is completely crazy. Yes. <laughs> but... Yeah. Well, this is after kidnapping a pizza delivery guy because he might have seen something. Yeah. And just a whole bunch of wackiness ensuing. 
and he enjoys it. His character enjoys this sort of like Wait, his character's like has this weird like Vietnam PTSD going on, yes. and which yeah, it's it's funny because there's a lot of it seems like winking and it's so it's not that out of character that there someone is looking at the camera because there's a lot of winking at the audience in terms of uh, Charlie Sheen literally says the words major league at one point uh, in the movie. And like, I feel like a lot of Keith David's backstory is a wink at the fact that he was in platoon with Charlie Sheen. Cause he is like a war veteran. Right. You know, the, so it, it seems like there's a lot of referencing work that they've done in the past, you know, but not it, like over the top. Not no. like, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's not like the scene in uh, Hot Shots where uh, Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen pass each other on the boats doing the uh, Apocalypse Now bit. I loved you in Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was a great wink at the audience. Yes. Uh, yeah. it, 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 it suits that movie perfectly, for yeah. sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. I And I think maybe that's worth talking about a little bit of like, it, it's hard to exactly identify what the tone of this movie is because it's not. It's not like a comedy comedy. It's definitely not a screwball comedy or like it's not it's not naked gun or something like that. But it's no, it's not no, serious could, either. Right. You could describe this to an audience and they could very easily come to the conclusion that it is a screwball comedy um, with just some of the antics like the scene hanging from the back of the truck. And but you could also describe that same scene and make it sound like an intense action scene. Well, right. That, yeah, it that could, was weird. What was weird about the whole the whole ending of the film? It, it does become sort of an action movie, almost to the point where you, you could hear the studio saying, "Well, this needs to be like forty eight hours, where there needs to be like a big action finale." And I almost think it doesn't need it because the stuff with them, even though they're brothers and they sort of act similarly and look similarly and everything, it that the whole buddy, the, the buddy buddy stuff really works with them. They, they they work well with each other, and like the. Garbage man stuff is fun where they're like just throwing stuff on the on the sidewalk and right just talking trash about the city and everything. Um well I think, I think, that, I think it's fun. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that this movie gets maligned is I think that sort of tonal inconsistency. Sure. Because like a movie like 48 Hours or Beverly Hills Cop that are these action comedies, the comedy more comedic focus scenes are shot and edited like comedy scenes. And then the more action focused scenes are shot and directed more like action scenes. Whereas I feel like this whole movie is shot and edited like a comedy. Yes. And it probably, yeah. they probably should have like leaned into those tonal shifts when it made more sense. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I also kind of, I found myself, I don't know how you guys felt like wishing because I think everything that you were saying, Joe, about the beginning, when they're establishing who they are and you're just kind of hanging out with them and you're seeing what they're like as garbage men. I kind of instead of a big action mess that it turned into, I was kind of I feel like I wanted an, an ending that was sort of something intrinsic about their garbage men and they're going up against a businessman. And they they're like, there's literally all these scenes establishing that they're very intelligent, but sort of maligned because of their job. But like they're they're sitting there doing I don't know if it's Trivial yeah, Pursuit trivial or whatever. Pursuit, yeah. yeah, they're like at, they're quizzing each other. So it's like I, I think I wanted the ending to be because you have this evil corporate villain, something about them being garbage men and having to use their salt of the earth garbage men skills to defeat him. And it, instead of doing that, it's like they smash the garbage truck into right. everything. <laughs> and then it's just sort of melee action using the pellet gun all of that but yeah i wish it had been a little i guess smarter is maybe the word i want to use but like just or clever or just sort of like paying off 
what was established in the beginning with like they're going to use the garbage truck. They're going to, you know, uh, well, if that's the thing, like if you take like the hero, this movie is not a hero's journey. No, it's yeah. No, they don't like it has the inciting (laughs) event, but they come back to where they started having not changed one iota. Well, again, right. they have a want, which is to open a surf shop, but then that's never mentioned again. And it is, right. it's not even like the corporate businessman offers them enough money to open their surf shop. If they look the other way on right. dump, dumping the chemicals and they don't, there, there's a lot of just, I feel like missed opportunities to sort of pay off the things that are established in the beginning to do like a hero's journey in favor right, of they this. Have a, they have yeah. a clear call to adventure, which is finding the dead body right. and all that. But then it just doesn't hit any of the other beats to kind of make it a satisfying narrative. It's true. It, it, those those things work really well towards character. Like they they identify them as smart and ambitious. But it, it's true. It's, that whole third act feels like it's not written. It just happens. Yeah. To us. yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah. I think like with a stronger third act that sort of paid off more of the, the earlier stuff, I think it would have worked better. It would have been better remembered, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. yeah. But it's I mean, so like up until that point, I, th- I think it's so much fun. And like all, you, even all the hijinks, like where they they get the cops and they chain them to the, the merry-go-round and the dog even comes up to them at the end and everything. All that kind of wacky stuff really lands for me. Yeah, well, and it's I mean, it, I'm sure you both had the exact same thing. I was like, that dog is definitely peeing on those guys like that dog. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're five seconds away from. Uh, <laughs> He's not going to unlock them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. That's what should have happened. They should have should have picked that lock. I did appreciate the fact I because, again, you know, it, it being a movie from 1990, there's there's a bit of gay panic in the fact that they're chained together in their boxers. But even more understandable than other movies of the era, because they're literally like in a compromising, but they're cha- they're handcuffed. N- basically right. like, naked. It's justified that they are panicked in that they are handcuffed to a merry-go-round in their underwear. Yeah. Right. Right. Regardless but, of the sexual, like, you could argue that that is sexual assault as much as it is gay panic. But but <laughs> that being said, I think the them explaining, the heightening of them explaining to the point that they, they're concerned that what the dog thinks of them did make me laugh. That they're like... It, Look, dog, just so you know, like we were handcuffed, <laughs> like in the, there's close ups of the dog, like reacting. <laughs> so that I, I appreciated the heightening of that, of, of just yeah. the idea that they were concerned that they were going to lose the dog's respect. You know, they're well, in serious was, trouble, though, like their, yeah. their patrol car got stolen, like. Well, like they're going to lose their jobs for sure. Well, it's another thing, too, of I mean, this movie hits the credits before you have time to go like. But that wouldn't solve anything <laughs> like they did not because and another thing, I, again, I'm not trying to pick too much on the end because I think we covered it, but it's like they make a big deal about this tape. I really thought like the tape was going to have been thrown away and they were going to have to go into a landfill to get it or something. It's something, you know, garbage mini. No, we're not really <laughs> worried about yeah. the tape. Like I know how to find it because I know I know the places to look. I know where yeah. they keep the tapes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And like. I was going to say just in in the theme of other loose ends, there's like the rival garbage men that never really pays off. I think that was all just a long setup to make the brakes not work at the end. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) But again, I see. I I still feel that feeds into this sort of world world building early on of them, not just being two garbage men, but garbage men that work with other garbage men and have like a friendly prank war that escalates 
into attempted vehicular manslaughter. (laughs) Well, and missed opportunity in terms of the the amount of they're able to rig things so that when a locker is open, it flings shit at someone. So like the again, the potential to set up the the businessman at the end with some sort of elaborate spring loaded traps. Yeah. Listen, if you if you're willing to go in, I think we should start a crowdfunding campaign to make the last third of this movie again. Yeah. Let's bring everybody back. Yeah, we'll, we'll just have them reshoot it now. It'll be like a wet, hot American summer thing where we don't explain it. It just cuts to as if it's the same day. It'd be so, amazing. Yeah. yeah stay, stay tuned for our Indiegogo link coming yeah. at the end of the episode. Check the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Minute rework. I'm calling yeah. minute. Yeah. Ooh, good. Yeah. Minute rework. I like it. Should we pivot to the actual silver linings? I mean, I don't know. Can I can I just say this can be in the like liminal in between period, because I I don't even know that I'm maligning it. But I I also would be remiss if we didn't talk about this a little bit because it would help me. I just feel like I need to stay for the record. No one in this movie reacts to anything in a normal human way. Sure. That's yeah. (laughs) I think that solidly puts it in the maligning. And the only person that makes sense to not react like a human is Keith David. Keith David yeah. Because he's, he's not crazy. playing a human. But, but yeah, and we <laughs> talked about Keith David like quite a bit, but it just it, one of the things that stands out to me is Charlie Sheen. Again, he's been rear window stalking his neighbor and then he's going to go over there and he is badly lying to her yeah. about who that he lives in the building. And she seems aware because she's she's asking questions to be like, well, you're saying you're a doctor, so you must know this doctor couple. And it's clear that he doesn't. And everything she asks, his answers are very unconvincing. But then she's still like, you want to go to the beach and hang out? Like, she's still fine Into with it. it. Well, that's that's the power of the sheen. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 early 90s Charlie Sheen. <laughs> if he wants to go to the beach, you go to the beach. <laughs> I guess I, I mean, I guess that's what they're going for is he just is so charismatic. But it's it seems like everything he's saying is a red flag. And then there's the point where he comes clean and she's like, what? <laughs> it's right. like it, all yep. of this, everything that's <laughs> happened up until now. He told you about the champagne that you had in your fridge. <laughs> yeah, she's she's doubly surprised. But yeah, she reacts bizarrely. I feel like, again, we said Keith David, but no one's reaction to there being a dead body feels up to the, you know, sort of weight of what's actually happening. Everyone's kind of blasé about it. Well, you played, you opened the show with the scene where they find it, where they, yeah. they crack, crack open the barrel. And Charlie Sheen does sort of like, he lifts it up and he puts the barrel down. Yeah. He's, he's shocked, but... He's shocked, but within five seconds, they've all decided to weekend at Bernie's. Like, <laughs> well, like, and, yeah. And then you have the quickest onset of Stockholm syndrome with the pizza delivery yeah, guy. That's the ever. other. Thank you. Yeah, I knew there was something else. Yeah, the pizza delivery guy. Oh, it is not earned at all. They kidnap him because of Keith David's madness, I guess we'll right. call it. But by the end, he's just working with them for no reason. Well, there's there's a point where they're trying to get him to come with them to like fight the bad guys. And he's like, no, I'm not going there. But he's willing to hang out with a dead body just to chill. I'm like, no, I'm going to walk away from this. I'm out of here. Yeah, it does seem like there's there's points that he could have escaped. But yeah, he goes full Patty Hearst by the end. He's he's just and then we find out the weird last bit as the credits are rolling are a clip of a the it opens with this radio show and then it ends with the radio show where we find out that his girlfriend 
is calling into the radio show to break up with him because she says that he didn't come home last night and she's very he must be cheating on her no way could he have been kidnapped by (laughs) one of his pizza delivery clients i have to say if she thinks that he was cheating on her and he comes home with that story i don't think it's gonna help i don't know she still (laughs) thinks he's cheating on her he's gonna have to bring charlie sheen with him to convince her. Yeah. Right. Because Charlie Sheen will always convince someone that they're not engaging in infidelity. Yeah. <laughs> By rubbing the bumps on their head. And, <laughs> right. Because that's what phrenology is and not an incredibly racist uh, medical discipline from the late 1800s. It did involve feeling bumps on people's heads, but it also, I mean, that's the funny thing is they're talking about it in this movie as if it hadn't been widely, like he says it's his profession as if it wasn't a thing already completely dismissed as a valid. <laughs> As a pseudoscience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About a century before this. But we can pivot. <laughs> um, I mean, it goes without saying that Keith David is the highlight of this movie. No, and yeah. I think, Joe, Joe, you hit it that everything he says is gold in this movie. Yeah. There's something just so special about it. Like, uh, he's unhinged and explosive. And you don't know what he's going to do. And like he's always sketching in his little on his pad, and when they when they reveal what he's sketching, it's just like a peek inside of how crazy he really is. Um, and it's just so fun. He, he's this was actually I think the first movie I saw with Keith David in. So this is my oh, wow. introduction to him. I mean, because we were kids when like yeah, all yeah. this big crazy action stuff came out. But um, this and then there's something about Mary like solidified him as this like you know. Uh, just like crazy, unpredictable, fun guy. Um, Which, yeah, I think it probably now I'm thinking about it, it probably was there something about Mary was probably the first thing that I saw. I, him I'm in. sure I had seen They Live because I had older brothers that subjected me to that stuff. I think I'm sure They yeah. Live was the first thing I saw. I didn't saw. see They Live until late. Like, it was like high school that then yeah. I, people that I knew like got me into They Live. But yeah, I I probably also because I, I remember he was the voice of Spawn in that HBO cartoon. That was, oh, was great. He really. Yeah. yeah. So cool. <laughs> so that that was the other thing because I used to love that show like when that was on. Uh, but yeah, it's it's something about Mary was the first like very distinct memory of him that I have for sure. Yeah. Well, and he just gets it because I would be willing to bet that he is not like trained in comedic acting that he's sort of of like the Leslie Nielsen where I'm just going to play this as straight as possible. And uh, that's what is going to derive the laughs. Well, cause that's he just, really what it is. He has such a booming presence. Like he's right. he, with his voice and just his like overall I mean, he's presence a big guy too. Like yeah, he's, he's a big he's, guy. He cuts so a wide swath. So just him doing anything that's silly is automatically funny because he's such a like intimidating presence. So it just works. <laughs> Right. You totally believe him hanging in a fight with Rowdy Roddy Piper and then also, you know, asking about, is it the beans or the Frank, you know, like yeah. it all. And he was I mean, he still does great, like, uh, you know, community Rick and Morty, like all the stuff that he's still like to this day is doing is the Ken Burns documentaries are hilarious. <laughs> well, he does the voiceover for most. No, of I know that, well, that was the funny yeah, thing. Okay. It's funny because if you watch Community, they he is first in it doing the voiceover for their pillow and blanket documentary because of the Ken Burns thing. And then he becomes a character like in the show in later seasons. But yeah, he first pops up doing a parody of his Ken Burns work. Yeah, and that um, but no, Keith David is a delight. Uh, He's one of those people that like. 
he's on that short list of people that's always the best part of whatever they're in. Yeah. Yeah. He's I mean, in that, yeah. 10 times over in this film, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I like the people in this movie, but he really does steal everything. And he drives the story too. Like, there's no way these two would have gone through with the Weekend at Bernie's aspect of this if he weren't there to pull the body out of the thing. Well, and just. And, and again. Moving. Yeah, and I, I think that is what is fun, because as much as earlier I was sort of talking about the ways that the, the script doesn't go the way you think and, and it doesn't feel, you know, like the writing is kind of odd. I think one sense that that works so well is they introduce him as you guys are real screw ups and I'm going to assign my brother in law to keep an eye on you. And so right. he's introduced it that he's going to be this authority figure, wet blanket obstacle and the fact that he immediately is just like the gasoline that's like yeah. igniting everything i love that that in, in you think that he's gonna be like we somehow we gotta sneak just around this, this guy ass, like no yeah. nonsense and he's the most unhinged he's the of the most crazy character in the whole yeah <laughs> gasoline is the perfect word because yeah. every scene like the when they get pulled over by the police He's the one that escalates it way past where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. The police and the pizza guy, too, because it's like the pizza guy yeah. is like vaguely aware that something weird is happening, but he's just going to leave. He's it could it, be anything. And yeah. Yeah, he doesn't care that much. No, he's a pizza <laughs> guy. He You tip him well and he's going to leave. He but also clearly his girlfriend's waiting for him. So he just wants to get out of there. <laughs> he knows he's got to get get back. Or yeah. <laughs> she's going to think he's breaking up with her. Yeah. yeah. They have a shaky relationship. He's already burned a couple of bridges. You know, he's got to really show demonstrate that he cares about her <laughs> and then he gets kidnapped yeah maybe that's why he maybe that's the the change in him is he realizes he's been out so long that his girlfriend is going to assume that he so he realizes one of two things is going to happen either i'm going to die here which will save me from the situation or maybe i'll become a hero and it'll become huge news and then she'll know that that's what i was doing could I mean, be that definitely sounds like a better ending than what they came up with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm trying. Well, it's, this is also this is promoting our Indiegogo so that we these are other things that we will uh, yeah, pay it's off. Minute rework. Yeah, minute rework. <laughs> minute rework. Pizza guy's redemption. <laughs> yeah, it's everybody. Yeah. yeah, you you see him. It's just this really beautiful he, when he comes home and she's been listening on the news. And it, it, well, no, it's the it's the it's the same end credits with the same radio show, except. Like you hear a, a doorbell ring in the background and it's yes. him. And then you'd like you hear them reconcile over the air oh, and or the radio guy's like, oh, it's that pizza guy or <laughs> or it's just Keith David. We have exactly what happened. But five seconds later, Keith David calls in to set the record straight. <laughs> like now, let me just tell everybody <laughs> this man is a good man. <laughs> That's why I've broken into the work he does. I bet we could get him easiest, like right away. Keith David, we could get him. <laughs> yeah. That scene first. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to be our sample scene. Yeah, that'll that be for the, like, what yeah. we're going to be like. We'll have the credits. We'll have the new reworked audio over the end credits. So people know we're legit. That's yeah. our proof of concept. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and then we'll donate the money to get and we'll still have Emilio direct. Yeah. You know, and we'll still have everybody else involved and it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll we can get Keith David to actually just voice our campaign too. like he'll do his scene, but also just tell everybody about what we're doing. Like he can do I all mean, the voice. It might be a little expensive. Do you think we should start a crowdfunding campaign to get Keith? All right, so we're to yeah, Keith yeah. We have to start there. 
So we're going to start a GoFundMe to right. get the money to get Keith <laughs> yeah. David. Yeah. Or he's got to be on Cameo. We'll just like buy a bunch of Cameos and That's make right. it until we get things. it. Until we get <laughs> what we need from Cameo. <laughs> and then once we have that, once we have all the audio we need from the Cameos, uh, then we will start the Indiegogo that will get, uh, you know, we'll record those scenes and then um, that'll get the the funding for filming the rest of it. Uh, then we do uh minute rework and it's just the last act. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guys, and, this is idiot proof. I don't think even James and Carl could mess this up. We can do this. Does no, it I help? Think, I think we've, <laughs> Does I think it help we've if, done it. If David Keith is on cameo. <laughs> Did a quick, <laughs> did a quick search. Mm, David Keith is not Keith David. David Keith, of course, is the dad from the Ben Affleck Daredevil. But he, we can get him, and he's only fifty dollars. So I don't know All if right, that's so we good. We get enough. David Keith first Let's to see, get Keith he, David. Yeah, we'll see if he does a good, a good impression of Keith David. We'll bill him as Keith, comma David. Let's be honest. We wouldn't be the first people. Who booked him thinking that it I mean, there's a photo of him, so you should know it's not Keith David, but like that has to have happened on Cameo. Someone not really paying attention thought they were booking Keith David and got David Keith. That for sure and happened. Like yeah, an old that grandmother that. says, Oh, my grandson loves Keith David. Let me give buy him a cameo. <laughs> say say yeah, I'll bet you they list last name first. Say say your line from there's something about Mary yeah. <laughs> to my grandson. <laughs> and he just does it. He needs the money. Like, the beans or the frank. Twice a day he's asked to do it. So yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, not, there's not a lot of uh, you know uh, fighting Matt Murdock uh, <laughs> fans out there. Yeah. Or whatever the dad wasn't Matt Daredevil. I can't think of the dad's name off the top yeah. of my head. Madeline uh, Jack Murdock. Jack Murdock. Jack, it is yeah. Jack yeah. Murdock. Can That's you right. that scene where he says he's blind? <laughs> no. Like, you the know, only thing you're going to hit is the books. Do you think he's just waiting around for like, well, I mean, they, they did No Way Home. So there's, there's got to be. They're, they're going to call. They're going to call for the Daredevil. <laughs> like, Anybody that's ever been in a Marvel movie is waiting for that call for sure. And yeah. there's a non-zero chance that any of them could get called at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if I see a Chris Evans as human torch, that would bring a huge smile to my face. I'm not going to sure, lie. Yeah. 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 They, they do own. Yeah. Disney owns all of the fantastic four movies now. So, <laughs> you know, um, and the, when they do a council of reeds movie, uh, and they could just have one, they have, have Yoan Griffith and, uh, all the rest from the Tim story movies. <laughs> Which we'll also probably do on this podcast at some point. It will get confusing when they have to explain why the one guy looks like uh, Killmonger. Like, why? Why is the Human Torch Killmonger? Like, why? Are, why are they the same? Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's gonna happen. Then why is Captain America Human Torch? <laughs> Honestly, that would be the most fun. Is just have the two of them show up. If they do Council Reads, I want to see every actor that's been rumored to play Reed Richards playing a reed richards just oh 100 nice. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just not? made via cameo <laughs> <laughs> can we get david keith involved because i feel bad now i think right? we have to yeah. yeah or at least emilio yeah he's in david keith is in <laughs> i feel like we can get emilio because didn't wasn't that the thing didn't he uh he's not on the mighty duck show anymore right yeah so. he's an anti or he's well, he didn't want to get a, his vaccination shot this right was the rumor i don't want to so yeah which yeah. is a bummer because yeah. yeah it is a bummer 
But we're doing uh, these. I love, by... I love Emilio from these older movies, and like he was gr- he was great on the New Duck show. That was fun. Yeah, he was. And they're even making a uh, Young Guns three, which I, I'm kind of excited about. Is it so. called Old Guns? Because <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, just one left. Both yeah. missed. Yeah, yeah. I, what are you even doing? <laughs> yeah. If you're not calling that Old Guns, just yeah, yeah. keep on moving. <laughs> All right. Well, do we we need I feel like we're a little thin on silver linings. So I feel like we well, cause Keith David is such a like, yeah, out, just He's outshines. The everything but there's else. more. There's more than Keith. David. We obviously Keith David, but we can. I, and I think I mean, you touched on it, but to reiterate, obviously, I think the relationship between uh, yeah, Amelia I think they're so, two good characters and they're they're, yeah. they're really good together and everything. And I think that Emilio does a pretty good job with the first half of this movie, too. Like, yeah. you mentioned the rear window stuff. There's a lot of shots where, like, the camera is just panning across the building. It's well-directed. Yeah. Like yeah, the, it's a good-looking movie. Yeah. Um, and I think we, as much as we hate the, 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 we need to rework that third act, I'd say, like, the reasons for things make sense. Like, like the reason that they're hesitant to, to, to that, that, like, I was like, why are they so worried about this body in the trash can? And I was like, oh, right. They shot him. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Like all the little pieces are there. It's, it's laid out well enough. Yeah. And I, I will give a shout out. There was two things that did. I really appreciated as jokes that I thought worked well for, at least for me, which is one, the running joke of it being the wrong cassette tape. And then it played music every time, every time someone thought they had the tape and right. then it would be <laughs> like, that was a good joke. And when they were doing the rear window stuff, when Charlie Sheen sees another guy with binoculars watching him, yeah, that's a great joke. Like, I, yes. yeah, that's, that's another yeah. moment where it gets kind of close to like being a spoof movie, where yeah. that's totally something you can see in Naked Gun or something like that. Oh, one hundred percent. But yeah, the, I appreciated all of that. Like, I thought that was yeah. good. Yeah. What do well, you guys? Where do you guys stand on the golf clap, which was a huge part in the trailer, and was something popular enough that like. Kids at school did it. Yeah, I, I do remember. Yeah. Now, yeah, now that you're saying that, I do remember that. Yeah, that was. No, that was. I mean, once in the movie. I mean, it's perfect. It's a. It's a great little gag. I thought they probably um, should have done it more. No, that's that's one of those things where I think like we should have been their their chorus, their well, catchphrase. Not, yeah, well, like we, you know, one of the fun things we were talking about this before we started the show, just amongst ourselves. But it's like you get these '90s movies where they're you get movies that wouldn't be made now that are just these wild ideas that are fun and kind of like loose like this. But that's the one thing that it's like 100% that golf clap would have been focus tested. Audiences would have loved it and they would have shot four more instances of it. Like throughout yeah, the movie. Anytime they were sarcastic about someone's success in something. For sure. Like yeah. Keith David would have gotten four golf claps in the movie. Yeah. They would have yeah. hit it way harder. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like even though it's, it's played comedically, like I really did enjoy the scene when they're like hanging off the back of the truck, setting up sort of the last uh, climactic action sequence. Like it's just it was just, you know, it wasn't too unbelievable that these sort of regular Joes could. Uh, like it wasn't like they were doing some sort of like CGI stunt the way it would have been probably if it was shot now where they'd be like, like holding on and like running along and doing like a kickflip over the thing. It was just. They were literally holding on for dear life. It was right, simple. Yeah. It was straightforward, but it was still like engaging. Um, and no one would keep it that simple in 2022. And so kudos to you, 1990s movies, for not having the <laughs> CGI technology to go over the top with it. That's true. As much as it is like a big action finale with like bulldozers running over things and 
tons of toxic waste being dumped on things. <laughs> it's true that they're they're they remain truly these average Joes, like you said. I think it's a good way to put it. Um, and I mean, like, I like Sheen and Estevez. I I, I like them in way more than I don't. Um, personal lives notwithstanding, you know. Uh, just their on screen presence. You know, they're this was like you said at the very top, Joe. This is peak Estevez and Sheen. This is yeah coming off of the chase and uh major league and wall street and young guns. And, you know, it's, it's right when they're saying almost fire was like a year before this, like it's, it's right at the, right at the apex. Yeah. They were so cool that like, even like a few years later when it had sort of died out um, and Estevez pops up in the opening scene of mission impossible. I was like, Oh, that's oh, awesome. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where he's like one of the, the people that they, the t- Ethan's team. It's right. so, he's it's part so, of the team and yeah. he dies and you're like, they killed off Emilio in the first scene. Yeah. <laughs> What's even happening? Which yeah. it is <laughs> high stakes. It's so wild that that franchise is still going like with the same lead actor. <laughs> like, it's going and has gotten better and better with each sub- really subsequent has. movie. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, us all. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because like, we'll be running along the side of jet planes <laughs> long after we're all dead. Yeah. Even when there's no one left to watch him, he will still be running <laughs> along the side of a jet plane. He's going to run alongside rocket ships blasting off into space. Just <laughs> that's got to be next, right? I mean, you know that he's probably lobbying for it. Like he's figuring out how he can work a space jump into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been some sort of conversation where if. Uh, they said if the Fast of the Furious can go into space, then we must be able to go into space too. I wouldn't be shocked if this was like just a long thing. As turn out, someone paid Christopher McQuarrie to murder Tom Cruise, and this is how he's <laughs> tried to do it, and he just keeps failing. You got to make it believable. <laughs> That's how it started, but now he's into making these movies. And he's like, <laughs> the guy who paid him initially is like, why? Why can't you do it? It's like. Dude, I'm making so much more than you offered me. <laughs> also, maybe it wasn't even to kill him. Maybe they were just trying. They were trying to make room for Jeremy Renner. So they were like, look, you have to come up with something that like Tom Cruise won't do. So we have yeah. justification yeah. to fire him. He's on the right. like, I broke then, his ankle. He's still going. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Renner saw what happened, he's like, you know what? Just start writing me old guys that are too old for this crap yeah. roles. <laughs> Hello, Hawkeye series. I'm going to I'm going to go work on my music and my <laughs> My, my social media platform. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep sounding like three doors down. Twenty years after anyone cared to sound like three doors down. But I I will say because uh, I was I was curious and I I just looked. Emilio Estevez has only directed thirteen things total, and it seems like it's like some TV in there and and nothing else sure. that's really. But I I do kind of like to your point, Joe. Like I kind of wish he had done more directing. I think he you know I think he could have I... been a very good director i really like uh he did that movie bobby probably 10 years ago at this point sure. about yeah. the assassinate like it's like all the people that were working in the hotel uh when bobby kennedy was assassinated that's like a really fun sort of like robert altman-esque like ensemble movie right um he did this movie called the way uh which is about uh he and martin sheen playing his dad like walking the camino through spain um and just kind of like a nice like father son reconnecting in their you know their later years type movie he has a good eye he's a good yeah. director i would also like to see him direct more young well, guns too he's doing guns three alias billy the kid <laughs> which is the official title old uh, guns <laughs> should be old guns it should yeah. be old guns yeah it should be yeah 
<laughs> all right, we're going to start another Indiegogo to lobby whatever studio is putting this out. It's like, Old Guns is right there. Good news, <laughs> David Keith. <laughs> we got some voiceover work for you. Fire up that cameo. We're going to need you. He's like, I don't know why these guys keep asking me to, to read ad copy for cameo, but... It's 50 bucks every couple days, so I'm going to take it. I don't think they have any idea who I am, but I can't. This is gravy train. I got to stay on it. <laughs> Strike while the iron's hot, baby. <laughs> All right. I, I think we did it. I think for sure. Oh, we definitely did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a good choice. Thanks, Joe. Because I, I guarantee Are you. Sure? you <laughs> well, I'll say it's a good choice in that, like, there is no chance I would have watched this movie had you not picked okay. it. So Zero chance. Yeah. Okay. So I, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed discussing it. And it's going to lead to that's probably the worst thing about like streaming now, because if this was a world where I still watch TBS ever, I'm sure I would have seen this movie. But now I don't. At some point. Yeah. (laughs) Look, we've already thrown out. I made you suffer through it. And I'm glad I wasn't too sufferable. No, it was was fun. Look, we've already thrown out a, a lot of really lucrative ideas that we need to capitalize. But on the in the effort to get David Keith a little bit more work, um, I I think there is room because with all the streaming services and everything and with Netflix kind of dropping, I think it might be time to just release the streaming service that's just random things that you would have watched on cable street. Like you just you don't Isn't pick that Tubi. <laughs> but like you just need a streaming service that that appeals to all of us where all you do, you can't pick what you watch. You just flip through <laughs> various streams that are just always going and it's like i guess i'm gonna watch the last third of uh die hard with a vengeance now so it's like oh sweet it's the beginning of big trouble in little china (laughs) because we've all you know like you used to do that when you had cable where you would sit there and you would watch something uh just because it was on and now i feel like i spend the time that i would have done that i spend an hour going through a netflix queue being like i don't feel like watching any of this Whereas that would be part of the reason that this is such a big nostalgia thing for me is because it might have been one of the only movies that played in 1992 in the summer on my local, uh, you know, um, WB affiliate, whatever. Right. It might have been like the like in, in heavy rotation and I just kept catching it. So no, I think and I, I don't know how you guys were, but my parents were pretty lax. I feel like I saw a lot of movies on cable <laughs> <laughs> growing up that I might not have otherwise, you know, like I couldn't get into these movies. Oh, I, I was I'm the youngest of three with my my two brothers are much older. So I got things way before I should have. <laughs> like I saw White Men Can't Jump when it came out and like that shouldn't wow. have happened. Yeah. No. <laughs> I do have a memory of I, I wish I could remember what I saw, but me and my buddy it was like my brother took us to the movie and then he he watched Die Hard with a Vengeance and we watched whatever it was that we were there to watch. But then our movie ended first. So it was just like, well, just come in and watch the end of Die Hard with a Vengeance, <laughs> like in the theater. <laughs> so I caught. Yeah, that's how I saw that first was just the the last like 30 minutes. Like, I think they were tied up on the ship by the time we walked in. That's, that's an intense 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah it's a, yeah. quality. <laughs> But yeah, I think we did it. And uh, I came up with many, many good new ideas. We did. Yeah. So thank you, Joe. So, so besides plugging ideas. our Indie, yeah. So besides plugging our Indiegogo uh, that's forthcoming, Joe, where else can we find you? Where else can people find you that want to learn more? Uh, check me out on Instagram. Uh, it's Joe Rules at Joe Rules. 
Um, and then I don't know if I should <laughs> promote my Twitter. <laughs> like, uh, maybe not. Yeah, we should. I mean, <laughs> we're recording this when the Elon Musk Twitter news is just breaking. So I don't know. Yeah. By the time <laughs> this comes out, uh, Twitter might be a, a pile of smoldering ashes at this point. I don't know. <laughs> or it might be all of us. It's, it's yeah, really it one be. of two ways. <laughs> but uh, Joe Rules on Instagram. And then uh, if you go to ilovecrappymovies.com, you can see a bunch of my web comics there. And nice. I will say it because, Joe, you are far too humble. Uh, you are an amazing artist and I have loved your work for a very long time. And you know that, but you never believe I me when I tell it. you that. But <laughs> I, so much. I yeah, no, it. I'm a huge fan <laughs> of uh, Joe Loves Crappy Movies is amazing. All of your artwork is great. You've done uh, you did the artwork for this show. You've done the artwork for pretty much everything that I can rope you into doing. So you're very kind to me. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I love your stuff, man. It's legit. Like, yeah. So, so please check his stuff out. It's great. Joe is great. Uh, and thank you for doing it. Thank you for having me guys. Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We Have to Ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We We Have have to Ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peak Sloth Network at peaksloth.com. Peaksloth.com.